The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. How are you feeling today? Are you feeling alive and energetic? or lethargic and weak. Listen to your heart. Welcome to the Healing Whisper, a return to peace. Your host for the hour is Dr. Marianne Chase. When we fail to understand and work on the root cause of our stress and illness, we seem to be in a never-ending spiral of poor health and low energy. It's time to re-harness that potential in order to live a better life. Now here's Dr. Marianne. Hello and welcome to The Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. This is Dr. Mary Ann Chase and I am so glad that you can join me today. Today we will be talking about compulsions and how they can be a gift. But before we get into that, I'd like to mention that you can find me on my website, thehealingwhisper.com. You can also find me on Facebook. Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and let's just get started here. Uh, Well, before I do that, I have this wonderful little disclaimer that this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not intended to treat, diagnose, heal, or cure anything. Everything contained in this show is the opinion of my guest, Mary O'Malley, and myself, Dr. Mary Ann Chase. Please always check with the licensed healthcare provider about any concerns that you may have. Well, let me tell you a little bit about my guest today. Mary O'Malley is an author, speaker, group facilitator, and counselor in Kirkland, Washington. In the early 70s, she had a powerful awakening that set her on a path to changing her whole relationship with the challenges of life. She freed herself from a lifelong struggle with darkness. Since that time, Mary has taught extensively throughout the United States, Canada, and Denmark. She's quite the inspirational speaker and leads retreats that transform people's lives. Mary's committed to helping people heal their inner ways or their inner wars, so they become a part of healing of our planet. She does so by drawing on her own life experience to facilitate healing and awakening in a compassionate and powerful way. So, welcome, Mary. I am so glad to have you. Oh, I am so glad to be here, too, Marianne. Well, you know, I said inner ways, and that kind of is what this is all about, your inner ways, and they become wars as well. But before we get into that, Mary, tell us a little bit about what events in your life led you to writing this book that we will be talking about today. 
Well, I was gifted by being a very compulsive person. <laughs> and I know that sounds so strange, but hopefully as people listen, they'll uh, begin to change their whole relationship with their compulsions. And by compulsions, I mean, you know, any activity that we do over and over again around which we have little or no choice. So you could be compulsive about heroin, you could be compulsive about shopping, you could be compulsive about uh, cleaning your house, uh, and all of that. And so I, I had a, a, a childhood I would not uh, wish on anybody. And my first memory uh, of being compulsive around food, because that's been my main compulsion. I did get involved in, in drugs and alcohol a lot, but my main teacher was this uh, eater inside of me. And my first memory was when I was 10, I would sneak down into the kitchen and steal my dad's rock candy, you know, the, that candy <laughs> that looks like rocks. And I had this little vanity in my bedroom that had a skirt around it, and I would go hide underneath that and just eat piece after piece after piece. And then my next memory is when my parents divorced when I was 12, and I had discovered how to do a toast assembly line. You know, I would put two pieces of toast in the toaster and toast them, and then they came out, I'd start buttering them as I was toasting two more, and then I would start eating the buttering one as I was toasting two more and buttering two more. And I... Uh, gained and lost uh, lots of weight. Oh my God! Diets and fasting and cleanses and and everything uh, until when I was 23, I gained 97 pounds in a year, and that's from uh, hospital scale to hospital scale, and uh, and I was washing most of it down with uh, alcohol and taking every drug I could get my hands on. And I used to feel like I was such a failure because I couldn't control my compulsions. And I thought everybody else could. And the statistics (sighs) show that that's not true. But I began to recognize at a time in my life, maybe, just maybe, control isn't where the healing is. And that set me off on a whole new journey. So you discovered, and I, I've read this in your book, that it's about being curious, not right. controlling. And right. so this was the path that you set yourself on when you discovered that it's not about control, it's about curiosity? Yes, it's about beginning to realize, and, and it took me a while to begin to realize this, that control doesn't work because, of course, I felt it worked for everybody else and I was just the one that was failing and, you know, didn't even notice that it wasn't working for anybody else. In fact, the U.S. Surgeon's General Report is 98% of every pound that is lost in America is gained back plus some within a year and a half. So the statistics show us that not only does control not work, and there's other statistics about drugs and alcohol and and, uh, uh, other uh, compulsions that show us that not only does control not work, but it actually empowers the compulsion. It's like I went a month without food once. 
and thinking that I was just so smart and I had gotten it under control and then I started eating and on the second day I couldn't stop eating. I just ate and ate and ate. And when I began to get an inkling that maybe I was a failure at controlling my compulsions, not because I was a weak-willed ninny, but because (laughs) control didn't work. And that's when I began to become curious. And that is now, this is many, many years later, but my body stays basically the same weight. I haven't done drugs and alcohol for years. And I do keep a chocolate bar in my house, a very fine European bittersweet (laughs) chocolate bar. And if you would have told me that uh, uh, in my 20s that I could have kept a chocolate bar in my house sometimes for weeks and wouldn't have inhaled it for the first second I brought it home, you know, I would have laughed hysterically that that, that that just could not be. But it's no longer interesting. And I do use it as a biofeedback mechanism that, you know, if I am interested in more than just enjoying a piece of chocolate, I know there's something inside of me that needs me. Because what I discovered is that our compulsions take care of what we don't know how to take care of inside of ourselves. And that's where curiosity comes into being. So what you're saying here, Mary, is that let's just say uh, that, that that chocolate bar is not uh, being just eaten by one piece. You eat the whole thing. You go out and buy a lot more and keep right. eating and eating and eating. Yeah. And this compulsion, then you recognize that right. you're doing something that is not right. But rather than doing the old guilt trip and beating yourself about right. it and doing everything in the world to stop, you're just Asking the question, why am I doing this? Yes, what's going on here? And I wouldn't say you're not doing something right. You know, compulsions, well, let's step back a little bit farther. All of us were raised by what I call unconscious giants. And these things called parents that were much, 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 much taller than us and had pretty well left themselves a long time ago, they all wounded us. Even if they loved us, they wounded us. And for most of us, we didn't have anybody that we could go to that would just listen to ourselves. And these deep feelings would then pass through us. So for most of us, we had to stuff these feelings, those feelings of of despair when your uh, goldfish died that you communed with every night. This was not a goldfish to you. This was your dearest, bestest friend. And you wake up one morning, and it's dead in its bowl, and, and your father says, oh, uh, no big deal. We'll go get you another goldfish. And, you know, you just don't understand. You, know, you start crying, and they say, this is nothing to cry about. You will get you another goldfish, you know. And all done with the best of intentions. But we are left with this deep despair of loss or this anger at our older brother that is taking our toys and taunting us with us, but always being smart enough not to get caught. Mm 
we all had these deep feelings of helplessness, of, of not enoughness, of fear, of sadness, of loneliness. And nobody was there to meet these feelings so they could pass through us. So usually by the time, starting when we're 10 or 11, we start learning how to turn away from ourselves. We learn how to numb ourselves with maybe it begins with being a perfectionist. You know, you're going to be the top of your class. Or maybe it's like with me it was food. Or maybe you discover how to sneak off and have cigarettes. We all discover something that can take us away from what we are experiencing. And then that act of going away from ourselves begins to go on automatic pilot. That's like I like to say our compulsions are a lumbering beast with an IQ of 55 on automatic pilot that is saying, no matter what your compulsion is, I must not experience what I'm experiencing. I have to get as far away from it as I can. So it's a comfort. The compulsion is a comfort for us. And yes. whenever we we bend to that particular thing that we have discovered is comforting, then it becomes a compulsion. Right. And it is comforting if you watch very carefully only for a very short period of time. And then we all pay a very heavy price for turning away from ourselves. And there is a safe way to turn towards so you learn how to take care of what the compulsions have been taking care of. And they just naturally fade away. Well, that is pretty incredible. Well, Mary, it is just about time for a break. So when we come back, folks, we will talk more about these compulsions and how to heal them. So don't go away. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with custom Healing Code Coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Marianne is ready to be that friend. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com and click Coaching. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. 
You are listening to The Healing Whisper, a return to peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to The Healing Whisper. This is Dr. Marianne Chase with my special guest, Mary O'Malley. And we are talking about her book, The Gift of Your Compulsions. Just before the break, Mary was talking about how the compulsions that we have, whether it's drugs or alcohol or overeating or any of a multitude of compulsions, something that we just can't seem to not do, no matter how hard we try to control it, our compulsions are actually a gift. So it's something that to heal. Mary, tell us a little bit about why would we want to heal something if it is a gift? Well, it is a gift of healing. And so there's two core reasons why, well, actually three, that why our compulsions are a gift. The first is we all needed them. When we were growing up, you know, we all needed this ability to kind of stuff what we were experiencing because none of us really learned the skills of how to be with what we are experiencing so it can just move through us. The second gift of our compulsions is that they will not be controlled. You know, you may be able to muscle one to the ground, but another one will pop up because I also call compulsions a finely crafted survival system. It's just like, you know, if you're very hot, uh, your body will sweat, or if you're very cold, your body will shiver. Your body wants to live. It's for life. The same thing with your psyche. And when there are deep, deep feelings that, that you feel threatened about and that may overwhelm you, you learn how to stuff them. And then we try to control them. And then we're lost in the game of struggle our whole life, which actually is our main compulsion. I talk about that in the book, that our main compulsion is to struggle and all the other struggles are an attempt to numb out from it. And well, so compulsions won't be healed through control, but they will be healed through curiosity. And that leads us to the third gift, but it looks like you have a question before well, that. Well, I was, I was just going to say that if our compulsion is something that we're using to act as a comfort, there's something that will trigger us to go to that yes. compulsion. Yes. So yes, when, when, we, when we are active, acting in a compulsive manner, then it's, it's like something is injured. Right. Something has traumatically yes. happened to yep. us. Yep. And that's where yep. the curiosity comes in. Absolutely. Now, that, that's the third gift of compulsions, is that whenever we are interested in turning away, 
you know, yes, there's comfort, but I call it more numbing because the comfort only lasts for a short period of time. And then we get into the uh, all the price that we pay for taking care of ourselves with the alcohol, with the cigarettes, you know, with the eating, with the shopping, whatever it is. And so here we have this guide now, this teacher, that I began to realize when it began to dawn on me that it wasn't that I was a weak-willed ninny, that that wasn't the reason why I wasn't able to control my compulsions. It's because they don't, they're not controllable. They're manageable to a point, but we can, you know, we'll choose another one if we, we uh, get one, another one under control. And so here we have this great teacher, this teacher that signals us that there's something inside of us that needs our attention. So let's say, for example, right at the end of the day, your boss comes in and he throws a file on your desk and says, I am just so upset you did a lousy job on this project and I expect it to be all cleaned up by tomorrow morning. And you may freeze, you may attack your boss or whatever, but you're now you're caught in reaction. And as you go out to your car, you're either berating yourself or you're berating your boss, and you get into the, your car, and it just automatically drives to the, the closest drive through and you buy two of everything, or you go to the <laughs> store and buy cigarettes and alcohol and so on and so forth, and you go and you just numb yourself out. And then when you wake up the next morning, you feel horrible, you know, you have a food hangover or a, a alcohol or a cigarette hangover. Now, let's do it with consciousness. Your boss is yelling at you, you pick up your purse, you're just so frustrated, and you get into the elevator, and all of a sudden... In the quiet of the elevator, you recognize you're reacting. You recognize that there's some really deep feelings that have gotten woken up by this encounter with your boss. And you have the choice in that moment to follow all your stories about that encounter and then go get your compulsion and then go numb yourself out for the night. Or you have the choice to starting to get curious. So let's say you go into your car and you can feel the pull to go to the drive-thru. But there's a part of you that knows that where that leads, that you have paid enough attention to your compulsions that you know that where that leads is to not to any good place. But your compulsion keeps on saying, oh, but I will make you feel so much better. And you say yes for 10 minutes or so. You know. And so... You just close your eyes, you put your hand over your heart, and you allow yourself some long, slow, deep out-breaths so the reactive self can begin to calm down. And that's when your curiosity comes on board and you, let's say you may feel a, a knot in your stomach and it just feels like it's just like a knife, you know, in your stomach. And you realize in that moment that's what your eater wanted to eat away. And instead you go there and you bring your attention and you allow it just to rest there for a few minutes just by describing how big this is and does it move around and what are its boundaries like and, 
is it deep in your body or on the surface? We do that to bring your attention into your immediate experience. The more you learn how to do that, the more you'll be able to just bring your attention there and hear the part of you that is clenching your stomach. Let's say is, oh, my God, I never do anything right. I'm such a failure. You know, he's going to find out and he's gonna, he is going to fire me tomorrow morning. And instead of following that storyline, you bring your attention there and you say, I see you. And, of course, there's, there's other things that we can do, but, but that it takes a while to get to that place. But what I want people to get is the power of having your attention and your immediate experience to come together when you are interested in your compulsion. And the more you do this, you realize that's how you set these old beliefs, these old feelings free is through the power of your accepting attention. So it's accepting yourself. Yes. Is, exactly. that, is that correct? Yes, exactly. But, but not a, oh, I accept myself. We just say it in our minds. This is actually the living experience of having your attention and your immediate experience together uh, and being interested in it. And that's where we learn that just like you and I, we're having a bad day and we go to a friend and that friend does with us what we usually do with ourselves. It says, oh, let's go eat a cake, you know, or, oh, my God, I can't believe you're talking about that again, and she judges you or she just ignores you. She just walks out of the room or she tries to fix you. None of those feel good. But all of us have had this experience of being really, truly listened to by somebody. They may not even say anything, but you're just sharing all this heartache that's happened. And my boss said this, and I felt that. And all of a sudden, you've been talking, what, 15, 20 minutes, and you feel better. Why? Because somebody gave you their undivided attention, and because of that, all this stuff that would have gotten stuck in you through your compulsion has now moved through you. And all of us know this. All of us know the power of it. We just don't know how to do it with ourselves. And the phenomenal, well, actually I call it alchemy, because we turn our unconsciousness into consciousness. Well, that's, that's uh, really powerful information because you can take a look at what caused you to react that boss yelling at you and kind of go back a little ways now this may be a little more advanced thinking but go back a little ways and think when was the first time i felt like this yes 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 and begin to identify what really was some of the originating trauma. Yeah, yeah. That keeps on repeating itself until we bring it into consciousness, until we see it, until we are with it. So given that information, 
you know, we'll answer this question after the break, but here's the question. How important is it that we know what the original trauma is? Okay. So folks, don't go away. We'll answer that question when we come back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with custom Healing Code Coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Mary Ann is ready to be that friend. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com and click Coaching. Are you ready for a real, fact-based show about alternative and natural approaches to health? Listen for Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Drs. Jim and Janine Fox. We're not about the latest health fads. We're about proven methods from real patients and real situations. Each week's show is an eye-opening look behind the scenes of real health. Live Healthy, Be Healthy can be heard live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to The Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the Healing Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. Today, my guest is Mary O'Malley, and we are talking about her book, The Gift of Your Compulsions. And just before the break, I asked a question. How important is it that we identify what the original trauma was that is causing us to react that is causing us to try to control a compulsion. And my answer to that is no. And what do I mean by that? Well, in my latest book, What's in the Way is the Way, I talk about spells. And I I love that term because a spell is something that's laid over the top of you It's not true, and it can be lifted. And there's eight core spells that we all took on. If your listeners want to uh, email my office, uh, we can send them the list of spells. I I, uh, spent time with my groups a number of years ago, and in each of these eight core spells, we all came up with all the different ways that each one of us say these spells. And I used to ask people, when you get this list, just check off the spells that you recognize. And people said, well, I'm checking off most everything. <laughs> because we were all 
uh, mishandled when we were young. We go back to that idea of the unconscious giants, that they wounded us. They wounded us in two core ways, through abandonment and invasion. And abandonment can go all the way from a parent that's too busy to actually, you know, sit down with you to somebody that leaves. And invasion could go all the way from a parent that thinks good parenting is telling you what to do all the way to really deep uh, abuse. And so we all took on these spells. And what I describe in the, the, the latest book is that imagine a meadow and everything flows in that meadow. And we lived in that meadow when we were young. And then the clouds in the sky, these spells began to lower and they began to whirl and swirl around us. And we got caught in these clouds these clouds of forgetting. The key is we've never left the meadow. So the power of compulsions is that we don't need to try to get back to the meadow. We just need to see these deep beliefs we took on, these spells of not enoughness and and, uh, life is not safe and I am all alone and uh, uh, I never do it right enough or good enough. All these deep spells that some of them were surely active with our example of the person, you know, with their boss. And we all took on them. We all got lost in them. And when a compulsion is here, one or more of those spells are operating. We don't need to go back in our memory. It may automatically arise. Uh, without us trying, although many of the spells we took on, we took on before we had memory. But the key is to understand that we don't need to figure out its origin because it's right here. And right here is where it can be healed. Let's imagine that you had the most amazing next-door neighbor that was a grandmother and she was very aware. And if you ever felt hurt inside, you could go to her and she would listen to you and all that hurt would just pass right through you because you got hurt. Well, most of us didn't have that. But we can learn how to be that for ourselves. And our compulsions are a guide because whenever we are wanting to turn away from ourselves, into our compulsion, there's something that needs that kind of listening inside of us. Well, that's wonderful. And it's almost like talking to your inner child because yes. it was that child that was damaged. Yes. And I, I might add in there, you, you had said this can be trauma that happened before your memory. And one of right. the things that I am aware of now is that this can be generational trauma something oh, that yes, happened too. generations ago that wasn't even your deal right. but tell me have you experienced when people heal themselves they not only heal their children but they heal the past yes because the the past lives as memories in our head, 
but the past lives also as frozen emotions and ways that we hold in our body that, you know, stomach, uh, the clench in the stomach is a really good example or the lump in the throat or, oh, my God, all those neck aches that, you know, because your shoulders have become earrings and that lower back ache because you hold on to your pelvic girdle so tightly inside. You know, all of that is our holding on. You know, you look at nature. Everything flows in nature. Day flows into night, winter into spring. Light waves flow, sound waves flow, life into death, death into life. And what happened for us when we were first born, we were this free-flowing aliveness. Just look in the eyes of a babe. It's just you can see forever that all of us learned how to hold on, to tighten, to uh, breathe shallowly, and run away to our heads that are constantly trying to do life and do life right. And that's our grief. That's our homesickness. When we live that way and then we take it a step further that we even remove ourselves away from life more through our compulsions. We live in endless heartache. We live in the fear that nothing will ever work out for us. We live in the fear that people will find out that we're a fake or that we're not enough. You know, I've worked with people for over 30 years now, and to bear witness to people's uh, inner worlds, to actually that they find a place where it's safe to share them, it's just wonderful to watch a human being. You know, it's, like, it's almost as if they are a, a plant that has been just barely watered over the years, and they begin to plump up and they begin to bloom because they release their spells through the light of their attention and they discover that they are a unique human being. They're not less than anybody else. They're not better than anybody else. And they learn how to trust this great creative flow of their lives. And I am here to say that your compulsions, rather than being an enemy, can become your ally and your teacher and can show you how to release what got caught inside of you, what got tight inside of you, so that you can know the joy of being fully alive again. And that is an absolute wonderful thing in order to heal, in order to return to the flow of life that we were originally come from. Now, in your book, you have four parts. Now, in the first part, you talk about what we long for, and that is really talking to ourselves, being acknowledged. What do we long for? Well, first of all, we long to come back to life. Remember that our core compulsion is to struggle, and struggle is that cloud bank that cuts us off from the living experience of life. You know, Alan Watts, the wonderful Zen philosopher, said, no matter how many times you say the word water, it will never be wet. 
he's basically saying we got caught in a conceptual world and we're not really fully here for life. That's what we long for. The, uh, Joseph Campbell, who did that wonderful series on myth in the 70s and 80s on PBS, and he really looked at all of our our stories that we've told down through the eons and showed how they're all very similar. And on the first page of his first chapter of uh, The Power of Myth, he put this quote, People say that what we're searching for is the meaning to life. I don't think that's what we're searching for at all. What we're searching for is the experience of being alive so that it, our experiences on the physical plane resonate in our very innermost being, and we again know the rapture of being alive. We're homesick. That's what Joseph is talking about. We're homesick to come out of our heads, out of struggle, and to come back to life. The second thing, oh my goodness, and this is a requirement in order to come back to life, we so deeply long to have every single part of ourselves woven back into our hearts. And gosh, I hated myself so much that I tried to kill myself three different times because I was a worthless piece of you-know-what. And I'm so glad I was a failure at suicide (laughs) because slowly and surely even this extremely cruel judger inside of me, I did the same thing that I did with my compulsions. I began to listen to it. I began to dialogue with it. And slowly and surely it became a doorway back into my heart. And that's that's just absolutely incredible. And I must say that I'm glad you were not successful <laughs> at eliminating yourself from this uh, realm anyway. And uh, so we're finding out that what we really want is to be fully alive. And... Right. For some people, life actually is painful, and that's why they did the yeah. compulsions. So now, I, I just have a couple of minutes left here before the break. So when somebody says to themselves, I don't want to be alive because being alive is painful, what right. is your best advice? Well, my main teacher would say it in this way. Pain is a given in life. It hurts to stub your toe. Everybody will die before you or you will die before them, the people that you love. But suffering is resistance to that. We thought that we could minimize our pain by resisting it, and we don't realize we maximize it by resisting it. And so in all of my books, there is a huge amount of, of discovering a very safe pathway to actually be with your pain, your physical pain, your mental pain, your emotional pain, so that you can find the space around this and your pain can actually become a doorway back into that openness that we all long for. Because you can't be open to life if you can't be open to pain and death and loss. 
because it's a part of life. And all you have to do is look at history to see where it has taken us by tr- when we've been trying not to be open to pain, death, and loss. Right, right. So just learning to be open to it, not fear, yes. and learn to love. So folks, when yes. we come back from the break, we'll talk about the book and the last two parts. Don't go away. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you feeling stuck? Sometimes we just need a little help from a friend. Go beyond ordinary healing and experience the extraordinary healing journey possible with custom Healing Code Coaching with Dr. Marianne Chase. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com. Dr. Chase's coaching sessions can be conducted via Skype or by telephone. If you have half an hour to devote to getting yourself out of that rut, Dr. Marianne is ready to be that friend. Visit TheHealingWhisper.com and click Coaching. The root causes of disease can be better prevented and cured using an integration of modern medicine and holistic healing techniques. Become educated by tuning in to Generation Regeneration with Sandra Guy Malhotra. Conventional medicine does have its place, but it should not be the only course of action. It's all about regenerating and healing our whole selves through better choices in lifestyle, foods, spiritual connection, and stress management. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to The Healing Whisper, a return to peace. If you would like to comment or have a question about our show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. If you'd rather send an email, our email address is thehealingwhisper at mindspring.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to The Healing Whisper, a return to peace. Today we are learning with my guest, Mary O'Malley, ways to return to ourselves, be fully alive, and experience peace. We are talking about her book, The Gift of Our Compulsions. And just before the break, there was a little brief uh, discussion about how life itself can be painful But if we resist that, if we fight against that, it actually becomes more painful. So Mary, in your book, you have the four parts. The first part is telling us that we long for being fully alive. The second part talks about how our compulsions serve us. And I believe we have covered that very well Mm -hmm. in at least the first two segments of the show. Now, your part three of your book, you actually are giving us skills to begin this journey of curiosity and healing. Tell us about those. Well, it's 
it's much like learning a new language. And I tell people that I work with, uh, you know, in my individual sessions and in, in groups and even in retreats, that this is not the quick fix. But as far as I can see, this is the way out. And so I think people can get a sense of the uh, skills by what we have shared so far. It's the skills of curiosity. I oftentimes suggest people put a question mark, you know, on the bottle of alcohol or the past pack of cigarettes or the cupboard where the food is, you know, or where the wallet is or something. So they can begin to remember, oh, oh, that's right, you know, this, this strong urge to turn away from myself. But there's a whole bunch of stuff in this third section about the phenomenal power of curiosity. We've touched on it, you know, enough, I hope, to intrigue people. It's also about the uh, using our breath. There was a study done once that of children that... All of them, before they went to preschool, were breathing their natural breath. You know, like dogs and cats breathe and babies. You know, their whole trunk was involved. And not one of them was breathing their natural breath by the time they went to first grade. We all learn how to hold on to our breath. And because of that, we stay in the fight-or-flight system. And because of that, that promotes struggle. So there's just so many things. Uh, in fact, if people want to uh, get the chapter on breath, they can also uh, ask for that, you know, in the email. Because to befriend your breath, even this doesn't make sense, you know, what we're talking about, about the compulsions, to befriend your breath is one of the most powerful things you can ever do. And it will, your breath will give and give and give. And then the last uh, skill in that section is about the heart. And the amazing thing is science is now showing we have three brains, the abdominal brain, the heart brain, and our head brain. And by far, the heart brain is our main brain. And so we don't have enough time to explore all that, but it's pretty well explored in the book. But it's all brought together in the last section, which I call treasure hunting. And I think it's it was so important to, to get this. That, that's the carrot in front of the donkey. You know, that is the I've turned away my, from myself my whole life. Oh, my God, I've got to turn towards all this stuff. I don't know. You know, I don't know if I could do it. Well, that's why I set out the skills. But also, every time that we turn towards and meet a part of ourselves, it opens us up a little bit more, and slowly and surely we come back to the treasure of living from our heart, of trusting ourselves, of trusting our life, and knowing the joy of being fully alive. Well, that, that is so exciting. And for people who realize that they need some help, that uh, there is hope out there just yeah. by becoming fully alive. So what about the four questions in part four? Well, the four questions, it, it questions are like if you are on a, you know, the hero or the heroine's journey and, you know, you have to you get lost in the bog of eternal stench and then you find you have to cross the moat full of crocodiles and, and you meet the wise witch of the West, you know, and she gives you a talisman. 
we usually don't meet white witches of the West in our life, but we can discover the talisman of living in questions. It's one of the most powerful things you can do on this journey is to learn how to ask questions. And I talk about the two different types of questions and the... uh, which are the check-in questions, which, okay, what am I experiencing right now? Or what's happening in my stomach? It brings your attention there. But it's also the open-ended question. You know, we're just so used to feeling that we have got to do this and do it all ourselves and, and do it right. And we cut ourselves off from the absolute phenomenal intelligence that is always, always with us. And so I suggest four questions, but, you know, there's just many, many, many questions, and I have a whole list of questions also uh, that, um, that, I, uh, that people can pull on uh, that they can find their own questions, or they can even be the question, what are my questions? But the first question is generally, what am I experiencing? That brings us back to this living moment. The second question is, for this moment, can I let this be here? This is so phenomenal. You're saying in that moment, I am going to step out of the world of struggle. I'm going to step out of the world of resistance, and I am going to give this my attention. And that is where, as we have explored, uh, um, is the place of alchemy. The third question, and we need so much help with this, can I touch this with my heart? It takes a while to learn how to do that, but that's why I offer all I do to the world. And the last question is, right now, what do I truly need? That's an open-ended question that really asks the intelligence of the universe that heals the cuts on your skin, that breathes you, that keeps the planet spinning as they do. You are signaling that you are in need of support. And the more you ask questions without looking for an answer, the support will come. Great. Well, Mary, it's just really gone fast for this show. Uh And so tell people how they can get this book, The Gift of Your Compulsions, and how can they connect with you? Uh, you can buy it Barnes Noble, you know, uh, Amazon. They can also get it at my website, MaryO'Malley.com. That website, you know, offers all the the counseling and the groups and the retreats, you know, that I offer. And uh, they can also go to uh, what's in the way is the way to see the new book. It's coming out in January, and it's gotten some really uh, uh, wonderful, amazing endorsements. And so, no, they don't have to walk this alone. I do Skype appointments. I do phone appointments. I have phone groups. I have in-person groups. It's really powerful to gather together with other people that are beginning to braille their way back into their heart and back into life. Well, wonderful. And people can go to voiceamerica.com and search for the show that Mary, you and I did about that book. And uh, so, boy, time just does fly. And I'd just like to leave the show with a little bit of wisdom. And we've been talking about the intelligence of our hearts. And it's been known for 
a long, long time. Even the wise King Solomon in Proverbs said, above all else, guard your heart. For everything you do flows from it. Folks, that is everything. And so until next time, blessings. Thank you again for taking the advice of your heart and tuning in to the Healing Whisper, A Return to Peace. Please join your host, Dr. Marianne Chase, again next Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We hope to talk to you again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.